Hello, this is BZ Listening. I am your host, BZ Douglas. Uh, Before we get into today's show, I wanted to make a shameless plea for your vote. Um, I've been nominated for Cleveland Scene's Best Local Podcast of 2019. It's a little tiny accolade, but what can I say? I'll take it. Uh, There's a link to vote in the episode description if you live in Cleveland and you think uh, my show deserves it. Um, More importantly, I wanted to also ask everyone to please check back later in the week for the debut of a new series I call Personal Days. I'll be having candid discussions with friends and family about wider issues that are hitting home in my life, either now or in the past. So in the very first episode of this, it'll actually be a two-parter. In the first part, I'll be chatting with an old high school friend of mine, Sarah Kaplan, who is now the mother of two trans children and a very vocal advocate and activist. And then in the second part, I will be talking with my brother, Carl, who discusses his decision to transition into my sister, possibly named Valoria. We, we get into it a bit. Um, so true to the title, it's going to be a very personal uh, episode for, for myself and, and everyone involved. And I hope you'll, uh, Come back and check that out. So on to today's band, Cutlery. I've known them for about a decade, going back to when I first started playing music in 2009. One of the best open mics in NYC was Penny's Open Mic at the Under St. Mark's Theater. Now, it's still going strong, but with a new host, Dan Ricker, and titled the Open Mic Downstairs, if you are in New York on a Tuesday night at 9.30, be sure to stop in and catch the amazing cauldron of talent and uh, get a real, real glimpse into the grassroots artist scene in New York. So anyway, it was at Penny's that I first discovered Cutlery, who was the featured act one night, nestled in the middle of the uh, open mic lineup. They immediately stood out from the sheer number of instruments and musical toys amassed around them. I mean, Heidi Harris would play everything from piano or blower keyboard to thunder makers and finger chimes. Kristen Napier perfectly plucked away at her banjo while Jesse Schaefer shifted from barnyard fiddling to concert soloist mode on her violin. All the while, the trio is tossing out haunting harmonies and rattling their ankles, which are just covered in bells. Cutlery is truly a band to behold, which is why I booked them for my variety show, The Carnival, as many times as I could when I was in New York. Several years back, Cutlery had to disband as the three sirens set sail for separate seas. They recently reunited to record a new album and hope to continue to circle back to each other over the years. Today we talk about how and where they came together, how they approach songwriting, and what projects they've been working on in the years since Cutlery was playing regularly in NYC. Uh, They may not be playing live anymore, but you can find their music on Spotify and Bandcamp, and be sure to check the footnotes for more links. And without further ado, now here is my interview with Cutlery. I turned my phone way up. Does that affect anything? I don't Brian, think that'll no. affect like how you sound, you know, maybe okay. just uh, move the mic away from your mouth to a degree or something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you guys all sound equally loud. So I don't know. Okay. Just well, everybody scream too. through this entire interview. <laughs> okay. That's the safest thing. 
Are you having a beer? Who? Are you having a beer, BZ? No, should I have a beer? We're all yeah, having like, we're a all, drink right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, we agreed. Well, I, I smoked I smoked a joint about uh, thirty minutes ago. So, oh, okay. Uh, Excuse you. So so okay, let's yeah. so we're all uh, we'll 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 be taking tangents and, and catching ups throughout, but let me um let me kick things off here. We uh, so I'm going to introduce everyone, and you can just say hi. This is the sound of my voice, or whatever, and then uh, mm -hmm. that way everyone who's listening will have a reference for who's talking. So I'm going to kick everything off. I'll introduce you, and you can say whatever you want to say, just so we can hear the sound of your voice. All right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that laugh that I'll keep in was one of the three members of the band Cutlery, spelled with an I. And uh, go through and introduce everyone. I believe I have all of your cutlery names right. Uh, so we have uh, Jesse is Fork. Yes, I am Fork. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. Then we have uh, hi, hi, uh, Jesse Schaefer is Fork. Heidi Harris is Knife. That's correct. That's me. I am a knife. And we have Kristen <laughs> Napier, who is our spoon. Is our what? <laughs> the sp you are our you are the spoon of cutlery. Yes, yes, I yes. am the spoon. <laughs> and now, that like uh, the word blanked out for some reason. I couldn't even hear what you said. So yeah, I'm the spoon. <laughs> so I don't know that it's good. You're all cat lovers. This is gonna. I feel like this is gonna be like juggling cats. I've never done a four person in or uh, well three person. Did interview. you just? liken this interview to juggling cats i just want to like much so. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool that's a good analogy actually <laughs> it kind of is actually yeah. <laughs> well i just remembered that there's like an image of cats being played in a piano their heads coming out i forget who it is like a famous weird surreal image salvador dali maybe i don't know that's what i imagined when you said that so, so you're yeah, like trying to play piano with cat heads coming out, and we're like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I'll just let you continue. <laughs> so, um, Cutlery, how would you describe? Uh, how would you describe what your band's genre is? Like, uh, do you have like a, a what what you classify yourself as? If someone asks, um, I'll let you take that, Heidi. I just like said the weirdest thing possible about cat heads and you're letting me take the genre question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, we usually say what? We usually say what? Like avant folk, uh, chamber folk, new weird America sometimes, psychedelic folk. We usually say folk of some sort, right? But then we like add some other word to it because we're not folk. Yeah, I always, I always like chamber folk the best. Yeah, out of our descriptors. Yeah. And is, as I recall, you, you all kind of came together somewhat serendipitously or just happenstance. Jesse, if you met Heidi, were you working at the same place? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, we were working at Fornio, a uh, pizza place in brooklyn in williamsburg right and um, then Kristen happened to be yeah. were you who were you you were roommates with heidi you just happened to yeah who, like, did on, heidi move in with you or did you move in with her we kind of moved in the same well it was our roommate's place first and so i think we almost moved in around the same time right heidi yeah it was like, about it, you were there already but you had just 
you had just gone in. Yeah, we like it was really we hadn't met each other yet, and we just heard about each other. Yeah, and um, and didn't and Elizabeth like pulled you aside and told me I was like a good person or something. Yeah, she said like you'll like Heidi. She's special. She's special. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, and I actually going making the rounds here before leading up to you know however you guys you guys all came together just from you know working in the same place, living in the same place. Um, what was your path to music up to that point, kind of making the rounds, Heidi? Like, what's your earliest uh, that you were started to gravitate towards music? And where were you at the point when you met Cutlery? Ooh, all right. Well, uh, much earlier, I would say when I was mm, in my teenage years, and even before that, I did other stuff too. But the most like actual developed thing, I was in my first band was called Forever Phoenix, and it was a duo. It was like very folky and fairy based, and you know, I don't know. I could talk a long time about that. It was awesome, but it was weird and awesome. And then I moved to uh, New York and then I started in a band called town, which is actually um, Jesse was in that. And then that didn't work. And then cutlery kind of came out. There were too many members. Too many members. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) Short and simple. (laughs) And Jesse, if I recall, you started out uh, was violin your first instrument when you were about 11? Yes, that's exactly right. Was yeah. that your um, idea or something that your parents were like, because uh, I know some parents and I think of that as a parent sometimes. I'm like, oh, we got to like make them try things. Yeah, no, actually, it was it was very much my idea um, prompted by the fact that my cousin played started playing violin like the year before. <laughs> So I thought it was cool. So then I started playing and it was great in middle school and public school. And then what happened after that? Went to high school. Uh, I was in a band called Super Goldsmith. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was like kind of like a grunge rock band with violin. (laughs) And then, uh, then I was in a band in Gainesville in the time when people usually go to college um, called Models to Burn. And then when I was 25, I moved to Brooklyn, or maybe 24. And then, yeah, then Town happened, and then Cutlery. Yeah. And what about you, Kristen? I know you're you uh, you're the banjo player in the band, but you that's an instrument that you did you came to kind of late and and if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I was I didn't really start playing music until I was even after college. Um I started listening to a lot of bluegrass music. I, I decided I wanted a banjo, but then I didn't even ever play bluegrass on it. <laughs> I learned a little bit of like old time, but I always just did my own stuff with it. Um my I know I just my own songs and my own way of playing it. I don't know. I'm not very formal training or anything. Um, and I played with a group called the Grapes of Vaudevillian Fantasy for a little bit. That was like the first band um, I ever played with. Um, and then I was in a duo um, with um, John Dusso, who um, we had a 
we called ourselves the fake French cowboys. Um, I love that name. Because <laughs> both our names sound French, but they neither of them are French. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I've I've kind of played music sometimes and then kind of faded away and then come back, have come back and, and Jesse and Heidi pulled me back in. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and so the cutlery, did that form spontaneously when, uh, with you and Heidi and um, where'd the name come from? Well, it's, it's spontaneously happened with the three of us, but I think Jesse and Heidi had thought of the name already like for just other ideas or something, right? Did we? I have no idea. Well, I if I, I remember no in the video I had with you guys, it said <laughs> there was something you mentioned about it being inspired by a wind chime. If it was made out of like... Yeah, didn't... Jesse, didn't you make a wind chime? Or someone oh, made I a did. wind chime? I yeah, did make a okay. wind chime. And it was yeah. made out of, I assume, cutlery? <laughs> cutlery. One night, Jesse came over to record with Heidi at, at our, where we were living in, in Bed-Stuy and... I don't know. I just joined in. It was just like we just improvised something. And our roommate Elizabeth also played. She played the bicycle wheel, and we just that's when really? we recorded. I don't Let me show that at all. Yeah, she played bicycle wheel. That's when we yeah, recorded. I... Uh, Let me show you my sweater, which is our first recording. <laughs> See you. 
Does that mean that Elizabeth is like, I mean, kind of, she's one of the utensils. Yeah, I wonder what a utensil she'd be. Shrimp fork? Something. <laughs> well, we do have a melon baller. Who's melon baller? <laughs> was, is Mike or no, melon baller? No, 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 it's Matt. Matt's melon baller. Or was he wine key? I thought he was wine key. Oh, someone's I melon baller. <laughs> Maybe that was Mike. We've, we've like, pe- people who've kind of played with us. A little more consistently and recorded was we gave them names too, <laughs> like cutlery names too. But Mike was definitely <laughs> ladle. Oh, ladle! Yeah, Mike is ladle. Yeah, you're right. He is ladle. <laughs> but you know what? Remember, but like, but James, details. James ended up being um, Falcor, and that has nothing to do with utensils. So. <laughs> James, James is your visual uh, visual artist with the projections. Yeah. yeah, James Barnes. <laughs> so James, he came. He's uh, affiliated with um, the House of Love, which I have never been to. But when you oh. guys played uh, the first time you played the carnival, I became aware of like 
you had this whole crowd fo- come there that were affiliated with the House of Love. And then, you know, I think I saw them, some of them at other things and, and followed things on Facebook. Can you, what was this place, the House of Love? Kristen, you say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike Malazzo definitely is, a, he's kind of a bridge with that too. Um, this is house in Connecticut. I used to live at with a bunch of different artists and musicians and um they there would be music and shows sometimes in the living room and it's on the water. This is kind of this, this huge porch. You can just look out over the water and um, lots of interesting characters who came in <laughs> the house of love. And Mike Malazzo was my roommate there. And he For actually, anyone out um, there listening who doesn't know Mike Malazzo, how would you describe everyone should go look it up Mike Malazzo on all the Spotify's and things, but He's, uh, yeah, just kind of a backbone guitarist from at least the open mic scene where I, that's where I came up knowing him. Do you, yeah. you met him through the house of love though? Yeah. Well, he was my roommate there and I wasn't even really playing much music when I first lived there, but, um, I lived there for a while and then I eventually lived in, in moved to New York, but he was, uh, doing Penny's open mic and he invited cutlery, um, as a special guest with um one time and i think that's where that first crossover with with you at the carnival and i think a lot of the new york and connecticut connection kind of started happening from there so you were first though um you were at the house of love um did all of you go up there and play a lot and like where did uh when the band was first formed uh, what was your your circuit, or how did you introduce yourselves to the scene? Do you want to, you guys want to answer? <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like I want to paint a little bit more of a picture of the House of Love, just because yes. it was a place yeah. where a bunch of people lived. However, first of all, yes, there was this glorious porch, and then there was this you know beautiful waterfront where swans often like rolled by, you know, and then there were <laughs> like couches and things, and then when you go inside the first floor. They're, they they often had like like decent like sound people and lighting and there was you know there was stuff everywhere and it was weird but it felt like you were at a venue like they did a really good you you would forget if you just went there for a show to see a show you would not even realize that that's where just people lived almost because it was very well put together I thought um, and there was always like people like outside and there were people like throwing fire around outside eating fire and like did stuff going on yeah, here stuff going on people. there. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was really cool. And then, you know, and some really, really amazing bands like um, the Spirit Family Reunion played there once and they were awesome. And I don't know. It was really cool. I, I can't imagine living there must have been really, really interesting. Just to like live there and then all of a sudden yeah. the next day there's like this huge performance and then you just like wake up and have coffee. And, interesting like, or clean. terrible. <laughs> Or terrible, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes both. <laughs> yeah, we played there a few times. Like there'd be like they we the house put together. You know, this arts festivals. Um, this is all pretty small scale too. You know, but or it like a Thanksgiving. Big, kind of, I uh, was impressed. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like small yet big. I don't know. <laughs> well, 
because it was in a house, but it, it was had a lot it of was heart. <laughs> yeah, it had a thank you, Jesse. Hence the love. Like they they're, they're not messing around when they say house of love. Like it really felt like there was love happening. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
And so when you yeah. you was uh, playing at uh, Penny's, then did you guys have to play like an open mic circuit long before you moved up to like getting booked? And how often were you playing shows no. in New York? <laughs> Penny's was like our. <laughs> We didn't do it. We just skipped right to the. Let's just be honest. We wow. skipped right to featured guests. Excuse us, you know. <laughs> now, I, I, I would have played really up with my. We, we didn't. I don't know. We just. We just never. I don't know. We played we that open did. mic at Sidewalk a few times, didn't we? Not open. We were no. Like, it wasn't we had, open. No, it was oh. like a show. Yeah. Show a couple. Of, I think we played a sidewalk four, Christy, three or you four just times. Had, like a lot of connections, it seemed at the time to me. That was my first. My first actual open mic in New York was at Sidewalk. It was a long before I met anyone. Before I did town. Before I did anything. And I wanted to go there because I remembered that's where Ani DeFranco like opened into the scene. So I was like, I gotta oh. go to Sidewalk. And I did one of those like competition things. And where they pick, you do the open mic, and then they pick, like, a couple people to have an actual show. And I got one. So I don't know if I ended up getting, like, an email through Sidewalk then, but that's, like, the only open mic that I can remember. But I just remember, I remember Latch, the guy Latch. He was, like, the judger. I don't know if you guys recognize that name, Latch. Do you know that name, Brian? Yes, I I, I recognize that name from Sidewalk. Latch Land or something like that? Yeah. Lachlan. That was a really long time ago. I feel like I'm remembering a dream when I talk about it, but <laughs> <laughs> it happened, I think. <laughs> so before right. you got out there, did uh, your first um, album was uh, Let Me Show You My Sweater. Um, was all of that put together and, and, and formed the bulk of your sets? Um your albums seem to come out pretty close on top of each other in 2011 and 12, at least according to Bandcamp. I didn't, how much of that material uh, did you have recorded when you were first got playing live? I think Let Me Show You My Sweater is kind of a compilation of some different recordings, like some are early demos and some are, I can't even remember. Do you guys remember what else is on that? It's like, it's kind I of, could, a, I could look it up. Yeah. It's like a mix of things. It wasn't like an album that we like recorded an album. It was uh, like a things we pulled ran, different recordings that we kind of comp- compiled together from different times. We sing shifts. But it's was the all first early album. stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah we early. sing shifts was the first that like, all right, it's like this time to this time. And we like worked on it, but yeah, let me show, show you my sweater was more like, um, we recorded some stuff and here's some live stuff and we don't have an album yet. And here's something, <laughs> but let me yeah. show you my sweater was that first night. So I think that's why we called it that. No. And yeah. What was, uh, is there uh, a way that your songwriting and collaboration process has changed, um, from that first night or did that first night lay like the template for how you guys came to build songs or is it different for every song? I feel like there's a couple different answers for that. I think that it established a unique way that we interacted with each other in terms of let me show you my sweater because it let us, it showed us that we were really good at just improving with each other and just trusting each other, you know, and letting each other like, you know, and feeding off of each other. And, but then also a lot of like our like real album, the We Sing Ships album is we would just bring, each of us would bring a song to the table. And then, and you know, it would, it was one or one or the other's song. And then we would sit and play with each other and we would help it develop. But someone, 
specific rodent, you know, if that makes any sense. So we have like two different ways of, of playing with each other. We had that one where it's just pure improv and we we're just kind of like feeding off of each other. And then we have the one where someone specific brings a song to the table and then we develop it as a band. Yeah. And, and then we would like tap into that whole improv feel to flesh yeah. out the songs that people brought to the table. delicious.
probably, but we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, probably, but we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, probably, but we shouldn't talk about it. And then yeah. you have some really like bold, you guys have some really bold, interesting, I would say almost experiential stuff on your songs. Like there's that eerie noise intro on We Sink Ships. Um, who like brings that to the table? And is that something that like, you know, that because that's just so like interesting and specific that like it's cool that the three of you have consensus on like yeah that's that's the kind of sound we're all going for it says something about like you have the right chemistry if you all agree on that those sort of like really bold choices for something uh like in songcraft i mean i think heidi you that was really your bag what to be right? weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of yeah that's true <laughs> i always think of that like like and Kristen was more straightforward folk yeah, uh, and then mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what. <laughs> well, you would bring like this touch of like, like almost classical, but like, and then you would like go with. We would bend with if we were if we were doing something a little bit more um, straightforward folk. You would be more of like a fiddler, and then mm -hmm. if we were doing something weird and creepy, you would just like get weird and creepy with your violin and then yeah. when we did something that was like a crossover you would be like classical and that would be cool too like utilitarian. in um, thing. yeah utilitarian <laughs> exactly i feel like we True all just like kind there. of <laughs> well we all just sort of sort of help, like to indulge each other's like oh that, you know oh look look there's heidi wanting to be weird and the, the two of them would just be like all right heidi go and be weird and they would like let me be weird and like it wasn't like a decision we just like helped each other indulge in like where we wanted to go i guess if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice that it's nice to have like we you know, we have also foundations of songs and then to embellish them with like haunting things or weird things or sounds that aren't traditionally instruments, um, from you know, like we've, you know, typed on antique typewriters and mm. um used these plastic wind maker things and you know different chimes and stomping with bells on our ankles and recorded you know um just sounds from nature too and just the bells kind of were a big thing we should actually mention that that was like yeah. for at least for a little while that was like we didn't start any show without the each one of us having bells wrapped around our ankles it was like we that was how we knew that the show was about to start we'd be like putting our ankle bells on and yeah. it like didn't start until our anchor uh, ankle belts were on. Yeah. Did you all uh, bond over having um, common influences and artists that you you look to like emulate or you found inspiration in, or um, did you discover new things to be influenced by when you're coming together? 
and like i'm just curious like going around like who were your influences that that shape you as a musician i remember bonding with you over kate bush a lot heidi okay but yeah did had you listened to her before you had right i think so i can't yeah i don't know it doesn't surprise me that that was a topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You may have listen to her. To me. I have no idea. <laughs> but that's funny because Kate Bush is like nothing like what we, well, it's not like we made any music like Kate Bush, but in yeah. terms of her like weird tangents of like sound pockets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. I didn't even get into Kate Bush until like even recently, even though I've heard her and I know of her through Heidi and Jesse and and she's like Maisie's favorite musician. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I love that. <laughs> so oh, that's she's awesome. like, I got this Kate Bush CD. She like sings along Aww. to it in the car. It's like it's so funny. But oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know this information. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I forgot to share that with you guys. But I, I think I I've learned a lot more about um, different um, unique more off the radar musicians from Jesse and Heidi um, that I didn't know of before, you know, but I think we also, I don't think we ever tried to emulate anything. We just kind of did what we did. And I think we had influences maybe in our, in our veins or something, but that might've come <laughs> out a little bit, but I think we just kind of did what we did. I don't know. I remember I listened to dirty three a lot. Um, oh, I love Dirty Three. I don't know that. enough people who know Dirty Three. That's a great band. Yeah, yeah. So that really, I, I would say that probably heavily influenced my violin playing. I remember hoping secretly that we were like Dirty Three, but like females. <laughs> <laughs> they were really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that we no, they're really good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Thank you. 
curious going into cutlery and but this can be a this is a question i like to ask a lot of musicians because i know i haven't really for me i've defined it as just like i'm happy playing um but how have you set up a measure of success and how have you seen your measure for success change as you've you know gone down different roads because cutlery um you know i'm and this is sort of a sprawling just like question, but it gets to the same thing. It's like, how did you define success for the band? And then um, when it had to, you know, you guys had to disseminate just because uh, my, like life um, and then you're coming back together now. I'm just curious. Have you thought about like what what will you consider? What are you aiming for? What are your goals with Cutlery as a band? And have they changed from when you were first together in New York when I met you to now your current, like, you know, reassemblance? Um, <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about our goals, but I mean, I remember yeah. at the time, like, we really just wanted to be famous musicians that got to just do it as a, for a living. 
tour with Cutler. <laughs> I feel like we, at the, the same time, though, we also didn't, we weren't, we weren't concerned with it too much, though, at the same time. When I think yeah. back on when we were really, like, the, like, real, like, heyday of cutlery, okay. if that's, I don't know what heyday means, but the real, <laughs> we were, like, really saturated I, in cutlery, we weren't, um, I don't remember thinking about, like, oh, we need to market this correctly, or we yeah, need to, Yeah, we're what, definitely I, not strategic about it. No, which is why, which is why I think we had so much fun when we did, because, we yeah. we thought about it being successful in a way, but we weren't like we maybe just we hadn't tapped into what it takes to try to try to be successful or whatever. <laughs> but we just didn't we didn't I don't know. I just feel like we weren't focusing on that too much. And I think that's great, actually. But we were yeah. just having fun a lot. We were just having a lot of that's fun true. and we happened to get like some good opportunities out of it, which was great. And I remember I like. Sorry, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Betsy. Go ahead. No, 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 go. <laughs> I guess that was just my own personal like <laughs> uh, dream for Cutlery that I kept inside and did nothing to manifest. <laughs> <laughs> that we were going to be like super, super famous and like tour the world forever yeah. and ever. <laughs> Maybe we can still do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> With children. I remember when you know after we played had played for a while together and played a decent amount of shows just having that feeling of like things really flowing at, at our live shows that we kind of reached like just a level of things just flowing which I really liked that feeling and then um I think now, so we all moved, we all live in different places. Jesse's in Beacon, New York, and Heidi's in, Man in Manchester, um, New Hampshire, and I'm in, right now, Columbia, Missouri. And um, I, we last summer, we got together and recorded an album over a weekend in uh, New Hampshire. And I, I'd like to at least, like, come back, like, once a year and do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. maybe we can't, like play live shows all the time but we could even come together like at least once a year and make some music and uh record it you know and it'd be great to go on a tour i mean i'm not can't i'm not saying we i wouldn't want to do that but right now like that's something we i think we're starting maybe starting to do yeah i mean we really just came back together last summer after quite a while of not playing together. So I want to talk a bit about um, Missing Reverie, your the new album you dropped la uh, late last year. Um, the uh, There's a lot of soundscapes on that. Is that from the location you were at? Can you talk about some of those? Mm, rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's from this, was it just a long weekend we were there? Yeah, with... Um, yeah. I, we brought our our kids, and I brought my husband Nick, who's been around since the cutlery days. And there's a lot of water, and trees, and motorboats. Yeah, like when if you listen really hard, you can hear. Um, <laughs> if you listen really hard, you can hear like the kids too in some parts, like running yeah. upstairs. We were on an island. Literally. 
Yeah. <laughs> what, did you bring really those cool songs stuff. up there? Like the ones like uh, my favorite song on the album is probably just sleep. And or was that all stuff that you completely conjured everything during that visit? Um, oh, God. Four days to conjure all that. <laughs> no, we did not do that. <laughs> uh, just Sleep was a, a song that I wrote for my kids that, um, that I brought in. And then Moon River, we had done back in our uh, earlier Cutlery days. And then Missing Reverie, Kristen, you brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And then, we, yeah, we each brought, like, our own songs. And then we had a couple covers. And that's yeah. It. Yeah. We did, like, remote sharing for a little bit to sort of try to get it together. So we would send, a, like, a scratch recording of a song that we had written and sent it out and then we would like talk about it a little bit and try to work on it and maybe like do a little like scratch recording and we did that for a few months you guys have been uh separate um i've been aware of a lot of heidi's projects because deb my wife was uh a part of like uh your band night throwers assistance and and um i know you've always done a lot of solo stuff um i'm curious with all of you what have you what were you up to in the you know the the cutlery break and do you keep um close at all to the the grassroots music scene and in, in where you live whether it's open mics or house shows things like that i've actually you know i just moved to columbia missouri i was living in lawrence kansas for a while and um lawrence kansas actually has an awesome music scene for being in the midwest and a pretty smallish college town and um the, the most musical thing I got involved with there is there's um, an amazing Irish session um, every Sunday. And I've been learning Celtic music 
And that's something I wasn't doing before um, when I lived in New York. And there's also lots of awesome independent musicians and, and indie, you know, rock and indie folk and all sorts of musicians in Lawrence. But I, I was really drawn to that Irish um, session. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing musically since um, Cutlery. After Cutlery, I started writing a lot more of my own material and then I formed a band called uh, Funny Punch with uh, my friend Heather Courtney and um, I wanted to have another uh, basically all women band but um, it was like an electric rock band. I started playing electric guitar and it was very different than Cutlery. but similar in like there were a lot of vocal layers, <laughs> layers and all that stuff. So that lasted for a while. We're actually like finishing our album. Um, <laughs> we've been finishing our album for like since I was pregnant with my daughter. <laughs> three now. <laughs> so maybe someday it's going to be, be a great album. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all my fault because I had a child. <laughs> and you know how that goes. But actually, we're really close. We're like doing the final misses now. <laughs> awesome. But um, then, so after I had uh, my daughter, um, uh, I started playing kids' music with my friend uh, Katie Stone Wallace. Um, and I was really surprised at how much I liked doing it. Uh, it was more of like a folky approach. Kids music. I started playing violin with her and she would be on guitar or banjo a lot. We tried to like do songs that wouldn't make people like the parents want to, uh, just, you know, kill themselves actually a little before I had my daughter but then after she was about uh, a year old we started uh, with this we formed this group called the Sparrow Sisters and um, uh, added this other woman uh, Laura Wilson who's really really awesome uh, singer and uh, actress Um, and so that like kind of took off for a while we had we were able to like uh, book these sing-along gigs we had one like almost every day of the week and then we started working in a daycare uh, preschool um, same one that my daughter went to and that was really great because we got to learn how to um, teach kids when their parents weren't there, which is a lot different than, you know, sort of like a, a mommy and me sing along in like a cafe. Um, and that's what I really liked. I really liked doing the uh, more of a classroom setting. So mm-hmm. uh, we would also do a lot of birthdays and stuff, which was more lucrative. Um, but uh, then I moved to Beacon mm-hmm. in November and all that ended and I thought I could just keep on continuing 
the way I had been, except by myself, like just find a bunch of like a yoga studio and like a cafe to do all this stuff. But that is not how things work here in Beacon, New York. It's much smaller than I anticipated. Oh. It's a very small oh, really? town. Yeah, so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of people moving from Brooklyn, which is really uh, contentious. But you know, um, so there's a lot of like young families moving in, but it's still like you know there's only a certain amount of them, and if they're like half of them are like sick, you know, <laughs> or like mm. doing something else that day, then there's yeah. no one to come to your your thing. So luckily. I met this woman um, at a business here in town called Compass Arts. Um, it's an amazing uh, business run by this woman, uh, Gina Samarge. Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right because I've only seen it like <laughs> online. <laughs> Never said it out loud before. But so I just started working with her and learning a lot from her and starting to teach a class at her studio. And it's really exciting. Oh, and I also started playing banjo about a year ago. <laughs> Just to keep uh, Kristen he, on her toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse plays banjo on our new. Uh, she she plays banjo on our new out on the new one that we just made this past summer. Yes, yeah, so, and then Heidi. So what have what have what have you been doing in between cutlery? And remember, this podcast be under, has to be under like three hours. Um, oh God. Well, okay. So I think deep down I always wanted to be in like a giant performance that's somewhat like a like a like, you know, musical theater. So um as you know, Deb was part of it. Um a a little while after Cutlery, um I somehow stumbled into developing this like collective it was like we like to call it a musical collective but it was up to 13 people as you know um i don't know we just went crazy for like two years and ended with this giant performance and we i i personally wanted it to be as melting as possible of as many different genres and instrumentation and people so you know it was like the our drummer was you know he was a broadway drummer and this is your, um, just so yeah we're talking about knife throwers assistance right now Knife throwers assistance. Yeah, that was, well, that was, I feel like that was like, I did a couple things after Cutlery. I don't really remember what they were. I know I recorded a solo album that took up a lot of time. Um, and I did some solo shows, but then I was like, I want to do some stuff with a lot of, a lot of people. And I, I, I don't know. That's just sort of happened, I guess. I, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things to say. Brian, I have a lot of things to say, but all I, can say, all I can say, and you told me you gave me a time limit. So all I can say is that uh, knife throwers assistance happened and that was crazy nuts. Um, a lot of people, a lot, uh, probably a little more than I even realized, um, but it happened and it was great. And a lot of things came out of it. Um, my One of the recordings from it of one of the songs that I contributed helped me get to South by Southwest. So that was like a big deal for me. Um, and then after that, um, I did uh, Heidi and the Nine Feathers because I I wanted to do something a little more small scale but still kind of big and but I I don't know so I did that <laughs> and then I moved out of New York and then other things happened and then I moved out of New York. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like for me for the future, there's this really 
cool, like, fiddle and banjo um, uh, get-together every month here in Beacon uh, that I want to go to and, like, learn how to play real fiddle instead of pretend fiddle like I did in (laughs) Cutway. It's a musical goal. I'd like to write, like, start writing more songs again now that my daughter isn't like completely sucking all my brain. I want to, I want to teach in uh, more preschools and maybe even elementary schools. Uh, Cause I heard that you barely need any education to teach music in the state of New York. <laughs> all you need oh. to do is like be third certified but you don't need like much else apparently wow (laughs) government (laughs) yeah (laughs) so but anyway that could work out well for me (laughs) (laughs) anyway what about you guys (laughs) musical future plans yeah what i just want to record this darn piano song that i've been working on that's like Seriously, that's like my big, I want to get my old childhood piano back and I want to live in a space where I can have it. And then I'm going to record that song. As soon as I have my childhood piano back, I'm going to record that song. And that's like my goal. And then after that, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So I have a lot of work cut out for me um, deciding which songs to uh, put in here and, uh, you know, where to put them. But uh, are there any that are like your favorite songs that out of the, out of your repertoire that you play that you still you you love to play and you uh never get tired of you better love me i mean that's not our re- yeah. repertoire but i feel like that song is like our theme song Good times and bad 
You better love me before I am gone.